Homily 12 of Homilies on Philippians by St. John Chrysostom. The LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 12, Philippians 3, 13, and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before. I press on toward the goal, unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing so renders our real excellences vain and puffs them away, as to be remembering the good deeds we have done. For this produces two evils. It both renders us remiss and raises us to haughtiness. Wherefore, see how Paul, since he knew our nature to be easily inclined to remissness, though he had given great praise to the Philippians, now subdues their minds by many other things above, but chiefly by his present words. And what are they? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But if Paul had not yet apprehended, and is not confident about the resurrection and things to come, hardly they be so, who have not attained the smallest proportion of his excellence. That is, I consider that I have not yet apprehended all virtue, as if one were speaking of a runner. Not as yet, saith he, have I completed all. And if in another place he saith, I have fought the good fight, Second Timothy 4, 7. But here I count myself not as yet to have apprehended. Anyone who reads carefully will well know the reason both of those, and of the present words. For it is not necessary to dwell continually on the same point, that he spoke these words at a much earlier date, but the others near his death. But I am solely engaged on one thing, says he, and stretching forward to the things which are before. But one thing, says he, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on toward the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For what made him reach forward unto the things which are before was his forgetting the things that are behind. He then who thinks that all is accomplished and that nothing is wanting to him for the perfecting of virtue may cease running as having apprehended all, but he who thinks that he is still distant from the goal will never cease running. This, then, we should always consider, even though we have wrought ten thousand good deeds. For if Paul, after ten thousand deaths, after so many dangers, considered this, how much more should we? For I fainted not, saith he, although I availed not. After running so much, nor did I despair, but I still run, and I still strive. This thing only I consider, that I may in truth advance. Thus, too, we should act. We should forget our successes and throw them behind us. For the runner reckons not up how many circuits he hath finished, but how many are left. We, too, should reckon up not how far we have advanced in virtue, but how much remains for us. For what doth that which is finished profit us, when that which is deficient is not added? Moreover, he did not say, I do not reckon up, but I do not even remember. For we thus become eager when we apply all diligence to what is left, when we give to oblivion everything else. Stretching forward, saith he, before we arrive, we strive to obtain. For he that stretches forward is one who, though his feet are running, endeavors to outstrip them with the rest of his body, stretching himself towards the front and reaching out his hands, that he may accomplish somewhat more of the course. And this comes from great eagerness, from much warmth, 
Thus the runner should run with great earnestness, with so great earnestness, without relaxation, as far as one who runs differs from him who lies supplying, so far doth Paul differ from us. He died daily, he was approved daily. There was no one season, there was no one time in which his course advanced not. He wished not to take, but to snatch the prize, for in this way we may take it. He who giveth the prize standeth on high, the prize is laid up on high. See how great a distance this is that must be run over. See how great an ascent. Thither we may fly up with the wings of the Spirit, otherwise it is impossible to surmount this height. Thither must we go with the body, for it is allowed, for our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 There is the prize, seest thou the runners, how they live by rule, how they touch nothing that relaxes their strength, how they exercise themselves every day in the palestra, under a master and by a rule, imitate them, or rather exhibit even greater earnestness, for the prizes are not equal. Many are those who would hinder you. Live by a rule. Many are the things which relax your strength. Make its feet agile, for it is possible so to do. It comes not naturally, but by our will. Let us bring it to lightness, lest our swiftness of foot be hindered by the weight of other things. Teach thy feet to be sure, for there are many slippery places, and if thou fallest straightway thou losest much. But yet if thou fall, rise up again, even thus mayest thou obtain the victory. Never attempt slippery things, and thou wilt not fall. Walk upon firm ground, up with thy head, up with thine eyes. These commands the trainers give to those who run. Thus thy strength is supported. But if thou stoopest downward, thou fallest, thou art relaxed. Look upward, where the prize is. The sight of the prize increaseth the determination of our will. The hope of taking it suffereth not to perceive the toils. It maketh the distance appear short. And what is this prize? No palm branch but what? The kingdom of heaven, everlasting rest, glory together with Christ, the inheritance, brotherhood, ten thousand good things, which it is impossible to name. It is impossible to describe the beauty of that prize. He who hath it alone knoweth it, and he who is about to receive it. It is not of gold, it is not set with jewels, it is far more precious. Gold is mire in comparison with that prize. Precious stones are mere bricks in comparison with its beauty. If thou hadst this, and takest thy departure to heaven, thou wilt be able to walk there with great honor. The angels will reverence thee. When thou bearest this prize, with much confidence wilt thou approach them all. In Christ Jesus, see the humility of his mind. This I do, saith he, in Christ Jesus. For it is impossible without an impulse from him to pass over so vast an interval. We have need of much aid, of much alliance. He hath willed that thou shouldest struggle below. On high he crowns thee, not as in this world. The crown is not here, where the contest is, but the crown is in that bright place. See ye not, even here, that the most honored of the wrestlers and charioteers are not crowned in the course below, but the king calls them up and crowns them there. Thus too it is here, in heaven thou receivest the prize. Verse 15. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, saith he. And if anything ye are otherwise minded, even this shall God reveal unto you. What sort of thing, that we should forget the things which are behind? Wherefore it belongs to him who is perfect, not to consider himself perfect. 
How therefore sayest thou, as many are perfect? For tell me, are we minded as thou art? For if thou hast not attained, nor art perfected, how dost thou command those that are perfect to be so minded as thou art, who art not yet perfect? Yea, for this, saith he, is perfection. And if ye are in anything otherwise minded, even this shall God reveal unto you. That is, if any one considers that he has attained all excellence, he puts them on their guard, not by speaking directly, but what saith he? If in anything ye are otherwise minded, even this shall God reveal unto you. See how humbly he saith this. God shall teach you, i.e., God shall persuade you, not teach you. For Paul was teaching, but God shall lead them on. And he said not, shall lead you on, but shall reveal, that this may rather seem to spring from ignorance. These words were spoken not concerning doctrines, but concerning perfection of life, and are not considering ourselves to be perfect. For he who considers that he hath apprehended all hath nothing. Verse 16. Only whereunto we have obtained. By that same rule let us walk, let us mind the same thing. Only whereunto we have obtained. What means this? Let us hold fast, he saith, that in which we have succeeded, love, concord, and peace, for in this we have succeeded, whereto we have obtained, to walk by the same rule, to mind the same thing, whereunto we have obtained, i.e., in this we have already succeeded. Seest thou that he wills that his precepts should be a rule to us, and a rule admits neither addition nor subtraction, since that destroys its being a rule. By the same rule, i.e., by the same faith, within the same limits. Verse 17. Brethren, be ye imitators of me, and mark them which so walk, even as ye have us for an ensample. He had said above, Beware of dogs. From such he had led them away. He brings them near to those whom they ought to imitate. If anyone says he wishes to imitate me, or if anyone wishes to walk the same road, let him take heed to them. Though I am not present, ye know the manner of my walk, that is, my conduct of life. For not by words only did he teach, but by deeds too, as in the chorus, and the army. The rest must imitate the leader of the chorus or the army, and thus advance in good order. For it is possible that the order may be dissolved by sedition. The apostles, therefore, were a type, and kept throughout a certain archetypal model. Consider how entirely accurate their life was, so that they are proposed as an archetype and example, and as living laws. For what was said in their writings, they manifested to all in their actions. This is the best teaching. Thus he will be able to carry on his disciple. But if he indeed speaks as a philosopher, yet in his actions doth the contrary, he is no longer a teacher, for a mere verbal philosophy is easy even for the disciple. But there is need of that teaching and leading which comes of deeds. For this both makes the teacher to be reverenced and prepares the disciple to yield obedience. How so? When one sees him delivering philosophy in words, he will say he commands impossibilities. That they are impossibilities he himself is the first to show, who does not practice them. But if he sees his virtue fully carried out in action, he will no longer be able to speak thus. Yet although the life of our teacher be careless, let us take heed to ourselves, and let us listen to the words of the prophet. They shall be all taught of God, Isaiah 54, 13. 
and they shall teach no more every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four. Hast thou a teacher who is not virtuous? Still thou hast him who is truly a teacher, whom alone thou shouldest call a teacher. Learn from him, he hath said, Learn of me, for I am meek. Matthew eleven twenty-nine. Take not heed then to thy teacher, but to him and to his lessons. Take hence thy examples. Thou hast a most excellent model, to it conform thyself. There are innumerable models laid before thee in the scriptures of virtuous lives. Whichsoever thou wilt, come, and after the master find it in the disciples. One hath shown forth through poverty, another through riches. For example, Elijah through poverty, Abraham through riches. Go to that example which thou esteemest most easy, most befitting thyself to practice. Again, one by marriage, the other by virginity. Abraham by marriage, the other by virginity. Follow whichever thou wilt, for both lead to heaven. One shone forth by example as John, another without fasting as Job. Again, this latter had a care for his wife, his children, his daughters, his family, and possessed great wealth. The other possessed nothing but the garment of hair. And why do I make mention of family or wealth or money when it is possible that even one in a kingdom should lay hold on virtue? For the house of a king would be found more full of trouble than any private family. David then shone forth in his kingdom. The purple and the diadem rendered him not at all remiss. To another it was entrusted to preside over a whole people, I mean Moses, which is a more difficult task. For there the power was greater, whence the difficulty too became greater. Thou hast seen men approved in wealth. Thou hast seen them in poverty also. Thou hast seen them in marriage. Thou hast seen them in virginity too. On the contrary, behold, some lost in marriage and in virginity and wealth and in poverty. For example, many men have perished in marriage. As Samson, yet not from marriage, but from their own deliberate choice. Likewise in virginity as the five virgins, in wealth as the rich man who disregarded Lazarus, in poverty innumerable poor men even now are lost. In a kingdom I can point to many who have perished, and in ruling the people. Wouldst thou see men saved in the rank of a soldier, there is Cornelius, and in the government of a household, there is the eunuch of the Ethiopian queen, Thus it is universally. If we use our wealth as is fit, nothing will destroy us. But if not, all things will destroy us, whether a kingdom or poverty or wealth. But nothing will have power to hurt the man who keeps well awake. For tell me, was captivity any harm? None at all. For consider, I pray thee, Joseph, who became a slave and preserved his virtue. Consider Daniel and the three children who became captives, and how much the more they shone forth. For virtue shineth everywhere, is invincible, and nothing can put hindrances in its way. But why make mention of I of poverty, and captivity, and slavery, and hunger, and sores, and grievous disease? For disease is more hard to endure than slavery. Such was Lazarus, such was Job, such also was Timothy, straitened by often infirmities. First Timothy 5.23 Thou seest that nothing could obtain the mastery over virtue, neither wealth, nor poverty, nor dominion, nor subjection, nor the preeminence in affairs, nor disease, nor contempt, nor abandonment. But having left all these things below and upon the earth, it hastens towards heaven. 
only let the soul be noble, and naught can hinder it from being virtuous. For when he who works is in vigor, nothing external can hinder him. For as in the arts, when the artificer is experienced and persevering, and thoroughly acquainted with his art, if disease overtakes him, he still hath it. If he became poor, he still hath it. Whether he hath his tools in his hand, or hath them not, whether he works or worketh not, he loseth not all his art, for the science of it is contained within him. Thus too the virtuous man who is devoted to God manifests his art. If you cast him into wealth, or if into poverty, or into disease, if into health, if into dishonor, if into great honor, did not the apostles work in every state, by glory and dishonor, by good report and evil report? Second Corinthians 6, 8. This is an athlete to be prepared for everything, for such is also the nature of virtue. If thou sayest, I am not able to preside over many, I ought to lead a solitary life, thou offerest an insult to virtue. For it can make use of every state, and shine through all. Only let it be in the soul. Is there a famine, or is there abundance? It shows forth its own strength. As Paul saith, I know how to abound, and how to be in want. Philippians 4.12, Acts 28.30 was he required to work? He was not ashamed, but wrought two years. Was hunger to be undergone? He sank not under it, nor wavered. Was death to be born? He became not dejected. Through all he exhibited his noble mind and art. Him, therefore, let us imitate, and we shall have no cause of grief. For tell me, what will have power to grieve such an one? Nothing, as long as no one deprives us of this art. This will be the most blessed of all men, even in this life as well as in that to come. For suppose the good man hath a wife and children and riches and great honor. With all these things he remaineth alike virtuous. Take them away, and again in like sort he will be virtuous, neither overwhelmed by his misfortunes, nor puffed up by prosperity. But as a rock standeth equally unmoved in the raging sea and in calm, neither broken by the waves, nor influenced at all by the calm, Thus, too, the solid mind stands firm, both in calm and in storm. But as little children, when sailing in a ship, are tossed about, whilst the pilot sits by, laughing and undisturbed, and delighted to see their confusion, thus, too, the soul, which is truly wise, when all others are in confusion, or else are inopportunely smiling at any change of circumstance, sits unmoved, as it were, as the tiller and helm of piety. For tell me, what can disturb the pious soul? Can death... This is the beginning of a better life. Can poverty, this helps her on toward virtue. Can disease, she regards not its presence. She regards neither ease nor affliction as being beforehand with it. She hath afflicted herself. Can dishonor, the world hath been crucified to her. Can the loss of children, she fears it not, when she is fully persuaded of the resurrection. What then can surprise her? None of all these things. Doth wealth elevate her? By no means. She knoweth that money is nothing. Doth glory? She hath been taught that all glory of man is as the flower of grass. Isaiah 46. Doth luxury? She hath heard Paul say, She that giveth herself to pleasure is dead while she liveth. 1 Timothy 5.6. Since then she is neither inflamed nor cramped. What can equal such health as this? Other souls, meanwhile, are not such, but change more frequently than the sea, or the chameleon, so that thou hast great cause to smile, 
when thou seest the same man at one time laughing, at another time weeping, at one time full of care, or another beyond measure relaxed and languid. For this cause, Paul saith, be not fashioned according to this world. Romans 12.2 For we are citizens of heaven, where there is no turning. Prizes which change not are held out to us. Let us make manifest this our citizenship. Let us thence already receive our good things. But why do we cast ourselves into the Euripus, into tempest, into storm, into foam? Let us be in calm. It all depends not on wealth, nor on poverty, nor honor, nor dishonor, nor on sickness, nor on health, nor on weakness, but on our own soul. If it is solid and well instructed in the science of virtue, all things will be easy to it. Even hence, it will already behold its rest, and that quiet harbor, and on its departure, will there attain innumerable good things, which may we all attain by the grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ, with whom to the Father, together with the Holy Spirit, be glory, dominion, honor, now and ever, world without end. Amen. End of homily 12.